to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandments. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey guys, welcome. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is written? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We love the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ. We thank God for the angels assigned to every person tuning in right now to receive a greater healing, deliverance, salvation in every area according to God's plan for your lives. Amen. Amen. It's time to put an end to fake, false Christianity, running around here and there, a Bible verse for everything, but a solution for nothing in the terms of the natural realm, the invisible realm, running around around the mountain, Coming around the mountain again and again, there she comes, going to Grandma's house every other Sunday just to let her know that you care. But you haven't gotten anywhere with what you were created for, which is your divine destiny, which only comes down from the Father of Lights, the Ancient of Days, and the Sapphire Stones of Keter, the Crown of the Father, the Ancient of Days, that gooey, glowing, fiery substance that Bobby Connor saw when he was taken up in that external portal to see the Ancient of Days, where he walked behind the Holy Spirit to be able to behold those things and remain alive while beholding them. And that substance is where it flows from his fiery throne, that hashmal, fiery substances of the Ancient of days but we have to learn his ancient of ways amen which means what surrendering our own ways and you'll notice as you the zadokim the zadokim oh my goodness is that going to be you say i am going to be one of the zadokim you can put it in the comments only if you cling to the zadik it's haughtiness to not go to the zadik in your generation as you were speaking and you started off, I actually saw the vision of the mountain of the Lord and the Lord was showing me how wandering in the book of Jude is the same exact word for the wandering in the wilderness. It says that they were wandering stars. Speaking of all the enemies of your soul, all the demons and devils of every dimension, of all the heights of the, the clippeth and everything that you face on earth of sin and wrongdoing, they are wandering stars, and that word wandering is the exact same wandering as the wilderness. So when we're wandering around, we don't know the narrow path, we're involved in the wandering stars. We're involved in the devils and fallen angels and sin, deception, and wrongdoing, and the shadow man living as in the animal soul instead of the divine soul. So we're going to stop our wandering, and we're going to go up into the signs and wonders <laughs> amen if we can go to our picture i want to inspire you today to become one of the zadokim and that's the hebrew word there the zadokim these are the righteous ones these are the torah scholars these are those who cling to the zadik of their generation those who learn the ways of the ancient of days which is what 
ascending the sapphire stones as it's written in the book of Enoch the lightning path the sapphire stones the book themselves the word of God written inscribed on them since before the beginning of time that is your way back to the father and as you become Zadokim one of the Zadokim that's a Hebrew plural and that describes the group of Torah scholars who are dedicated to learning righteousness. This is cosmic righteousness of the Ancient of Days through Jesus Christ, Messiah. But you'll notice when you begin this journey and you start out, if you think it's going to be like any other time in your life of seeking God, you are completely wrong. Some are surprised by the encounters that they quickly have. There is opposition. When people began this journey, some of them noticed some of the most extreme persecution from those who once supported them, even if they wanted to be Christian, even if they wanted to be non-Christian, even if they wanted to be a worldly sinner in the way in the ways of the world and any kind of activity that they wanted to pursue those same people who once supported them no longer want to walk with them no longer want to be associated with or they begin to persecute in various ways and dif to different degrees now I want you to understand our friends, what is going on when you pursue righteousness? Why so much opposition? Why is there such a fiery artillery from the enemy upon your life when you decide to go cosmic? Right? There was opposition in your life before, but why is it so hotly contested? It seems as if all hell broke loose for some of you when you decided to go into the cosmic realms and the rewards have been greater than the persecution because the reward of learning cosmic righteousness is being one with Christ himself, knowing him by knowing his ways, his ancient ways. When you begin to reverse the curse of the fall through cosmic circumcision, that is the reverse of your ways my ways the ways of the old man the old woman are destroyed annihilated out from your nature permanently by the circumcision on the sapphire stones amen the heavenly tablets are the sapphire stones and Enoch is the path of righteousness. This is from my Facebook wall today. Enoch is the path of righteousness to the very throne of Messiah, Jesus Christ, the maker and redeemer of heaven and earth. Now listen to Enoch 81. And we know the Bob Jones Sands of Time prophecy of 1981. Well, I put on this new shirt today, and it says 81, 1981, right on the side, and Rebecca called it out. And within minutes, my daily bread um, was Enoch 81. I didn't even choose it. It was randomly playing on the YouTube. 
and I began to speak this verse. And I didn't know it was 81 until later on when I looked it up. In Enoch chapter 81, verse 1, it says, And he said to me, O Enoch, contemplate the writing of the tablets of heaven, and read what is written thereon, and learn each one. Listen now. Almighty God told the man who walked the closest to him of all time, Enoch, to learn each celestial tablet of stone. So take a wild guess what a tablet of stone in the heavenly realm is. He was commanded by God to learn each sapphire stone. Amen? So are we in this generation. To study and know God requires the same exact walk as Enoch and all the commandments to Enoch from the archangels and from Jesus Christ and from God the Father are our our commandments today. No different because we will walk in that same narrow way. Amen. Amen. And I'm finding that it's not impossible for with God, all things are possible. But I want to encourage you, if you're just getting started on your walk in cosmic righteousness, you can expect the opposition from family, from friends, from those who once walked with you spiritually, when you begin to go to the next level, oftentimes those are the same people, unfortunately, it is unfortunate, but they will often become your enemies. It's not that they're not saved anymore unless they continue to attack the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, God knows the limit the limitation for each person. He knows the heart behind the person speaking. So what happens is as you go on this walk, you begin to receive the circumcisions of Malkut and Yasad, and you go up. What's going to start happening? When you start to find these realms, you may notice some of the following symptoms in your life. And if you notice these symptoms, that is simply standard operating procedure of demons that's common in all of the kingdom of hell. It's just a standard procedure. It's nothing personal. It's just that hell hates humanity. It's not just you in particular that they hate, although some of you have killed enough demons that they are per- they do make it personal against you. But what I want you to feel is don't feel like It's the end of the world for you because those who once loved you in your life now act towards you as if they hate you. That's actually a normal occurrence. What is love? You know, the kindness, the gentleness, the encouragement, the support, the unconditional love just, it may disappear. And that's where you're really going to be tested. Did you care more about receiving that love from human beings around you? Or would you rather cling to righteousness and value God and his love and his approval? Because oftentimes going to the next level, going to the next rung will immediately cause the manifestation of the uncircumcision in your family members, 
friends, relatives, you know, whoever it is, coworkers you have in your life, you will automatically usually receive their disapproval or discontented feelings toward you. What that just means is you're going to the next level. You're about to be promoted. That's what that is if you're learning righteousness. So instead of being hurt in your feelings uh, by the manifestations of the uncircumcised wrongs in their life toward you, you can take that as a nice pat on the back. All right, it looks like we're going to the next rung. And it turns out time after time, it's just more of your promotion because when the uncircumcision speaks through those that you care about or through those who should be learning from you, right? They, your family should be learning from you if you're a Zadokim, you're one of the Zadokim. They should be learning from you, but oftentimes they're mainly going to attack you. There are times to speak wisdom, right? It's good to defend righteousness, but if you can refrain from self-defense defense and emotional defense, when you close your mouth and allow it to let your blood boil, that's the descent, figurative descent of their words towards you, right? They're putting you down with their words. And what that happens, if that's considered your descent, then God promotes you with an ascension. And that's how you can continue to go faster and faster up the sapphire stones. Every single time someone judges you unrighteously, which means anytime a person speaks out of a foreskin or a membrane of a sapphire stone toward you with any measurement of words, that is going to be your promotion as long as you can, you know, restrain yourself with the humiliation of Christ, it's the, we call it, you know, the silence, it's kind of creepy, but the silence of the lambs, you know, led to the, led to the slaughter like a lamb. It was like Jesus. There was a time for him to speak and correct, but you have to pick and choose your battles based on the Holy Spirit. Some of the symptoms, so some of you'll notice you're on Malkut and you start to get circumcisions, that first rung mineral level. That's when they come up. Oh, you, what are you getting into some weird stuff now? Oh, are you, you know, are you joining a cult? We're concerned, though we have concerns demons are usually some of the first ones they'll send because it's the easiest way for hell to stop you without them exerting much effort. And they are very lazy. Hell is very lazy. They want to exert as little effort as possible or make their underling demons do the hard work for them, if possible, if that works for you. So they will send those smaller demons and those smaller waves and if you cave in the beginning it kind of looks bad on your part because the angels watching the holy angels watching and the lord watching is seeing that you're not that dedicated even if they sent the smallest demon to detract you through your family members that you're not even going to walk with him that just says how little you actually love christ Guys, uh, you know, you've been preaching 18 years, full-time ministry. I tell you the truth, usually within the first few months, a family member picks a person off from their destiny. I've witnessed it hundreds of thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times. That's hell's first choice, just like Rebecca said. I've seen it hundreds of thousands of times. What did Jesus Christ say? Unless you hate your mother and your father, your brother, your sister, your spouse, and your children... In the measurement that you love me, you can by no means be my disciple. That's what Jesus Christ said. That's not a popular message in an unrighteous generation of false love, but Jesus Christ said it. It's an eternal truth. You cannot serve man and serve God. Galatians 1. You cannot serve both man and God. You'll love one and despise the other. 
So the ones that are manservants, they're the ones that persecute Red Letter Ministries. Hello? Hello? The ones that are God's servants, they love the Zadik. They love the apostolic. They love the true prophetic that comes down from the sapphire sea above. And who wouldn't? It's God. Will you be surprised? Esau and Ishmael are the coverings of everyone's eyes and ears and minds that is under the sun rejecting the wisdom above. There's two wisdoms taught in Scripture. Everywhere you study the Scriptures, there's two wisdoms. The wisdom of the below realm, hell, which is equated to all of Esau and all of Ishmael, and then the wisdom above, equated to Israel. And we know the Messiah of the holy nation of Israel and the 12 tribes is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we have his wisdom as it's written, Jesus Christ has been made wisdom unto us. Therefore, all our wisdom, like the book of James, which is the Proverbs of the New Testament, our wisdom comes down from above and it is pure and peace-loving and undefiled. And it has no shadows in it. It never contradicts. It always builds a greater sacrificial system of the self-nature, always a greater consecration and love for God, always a greater glory, always more angelic activity. And we've walked this path nearly 25 years, and it's always the truth anyhow. I tell you the truth, you can trust the word. It is more rock solid than any guarantee of all time. The word of God will always come through for you if you're getting it from the sapphire stones, as we've written, as we've written down today on Facebook and as we've read tonight at Joel's Bar, this wisdom is the very writings of the stone tablets that Enoch read in the heavenly realms. You can call it the Bible. Now, what is the Bible, the Holy Scriptures? What makes them holy? The, the reason why the Scriptures are holy, Torah is holy, the prophets are holy, the gospel is holy, the epistles are holy, the apocalyptic re- uh, literature of Daniel and Revelation are holy. Why are they holy? Let me tell you, because they were first written on the tablets of stone above the Sephirot. So you're going to have people that are filled with the clippeth, which is the fallen angels above, or you're going to have people filled with the sephirot, which is the stone tablets above. You're going to be with Enoch, or you're going to be with Cain. As it's written, these are like the days of Noah. What's the days of Noah? It was the days of Cain, and it was the days of Enoch. It had separated all people groups in the entire earth, whether you're going to practice righteousness or unrighteousness, whether you're going to practice the wisdom of the fallen angels, the wisdom that's from below, and everyone's mind in the whole world right now is attached to wisdom. It's usually not God. It's usually a below wisdom. That's why the enemy, demon spirits, can use so many people to do harm to wisdom, to attack you, persecute you, smear your name, do all these different things. Why is that? Because anyone that's attached in their mind to lower wisdom, words that are not anchored into the sapphire stone tablets of Enoch and Metatron and the archangels, they are giving their souls access to demon spirits. So therefore, to be delivered, it means our entire soul, our spirit, our mind, our attitude, our feelings and our emotions, and our will must be engrafted into those stone tablets. I tell you the truth, the Ten Commandments symbolized these stone tablets. 
And now these stone tablets are going to be written in our hearts and in our minds. That's what makes us the potential children of the resurrection because we're going up to where the word is written on the stone tablets above. Yasad the moon, Had Mercury, Netza Venus, Tiferet the sun. And we continue to rise rung upon rung to the very throne of Jesus Christ in heaven through the path of lightnings written and scribed by the scribe of righteousness, Enoch Metatron. Amen. And for those of you who are rising on sapphire stones, understand that once you start to learn the pattern, you get comfortable with the pattern, you get familiar with the pattern. Oh yeah, we go here, and we go there, and then we go there, and then this is kind of what it's like. Uh, there's always a chance of familiarity with the things of God, right? So I want to encourage you, as those of you who are the Zedekim, you're on sapphire stones, you're, you have circumcisions to show for it. The most important thing, you know, it's important to learn, you know, you learn the procedure, you learn about each sapphire stone, and it kind of repeats that pattern. You do learn the pattern, but what is the most important thing? It's really about hearing the voice of God, because what some people run into, they start to learn the things of God. They start to learn about cosmic righteousness. You could even memorize every archangel name and the pattern, the lightning path. You could study the Hebrew letters. You know, you could have, you could go through the book of Enoch 150 times through. You could do the prayer and fasting weekly. You can go up worlds. You can do whatever, you know, you can do all of that. But in the end, the whole point of it is to hear and know the voice of God. Because when you get to a certain rung, even though you may know that rung, the name of it, you may have revelation about it. When it comes to what you need to do to receive complete circumcision, that's not something necessarily you're going to be asking the Zadik, you are going to initially, when you're learning, you're young in the Lord, you're young in the Sapphire Stones, which means you don't know how to ascend very well yet because you're not as familiar with the way, right? Teach me your way that I might know you. The measurement that someone knows the Lord is how well they know the path, right? So the measure that you know the way, which means you can walk in and get circumcision, it's just how well you know him. So you could know about him. You could hear from us. You can even get the circumcisions, and you're starting to, but keep your heart and your mind focused on what it's really about. Because I tell you the truth, you can go up sapphire stones and lose sight of what's important. There's measurements of conviction. There's measurements of perfection. There's measurements of repentance. And you could know all the most important things better than anyone in your generation. And still, in his eyes, for those rungs, grow cold. You could still, in his eyes, lose sight of what's important, which is just to know him, to hear his voice. You need to walk in it. But when it comes to that time and that testing where no one in the world heaven and earth, and none of your angels are going to give you the answer, by the way, any uh, certain rungs. It's going to be silence. Who is going to help you? Where is your answer coming from? 
And I'll tell you, this is where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And it's his voice that guides me through the stars. It's his voice that will guide you through the stars as you hold precious, the precious things of God, right? Because we don't want to go up the rungs just to learn about him and repeat the same mistake of the last age. That's possible. For some people, they could attain that level of, you know, cosmic rebellion. It's possible, but we don't want to be those people. We want to be close to the Lord and be ever near and draw near to his heart, even as we traverse his heart. Because the number one temptation of all of Christianity, in all history of Christian, all Christian history, is to sin with the things that God gives us. Right? What's the point if we go up 10 weeks just to be a jerk to people, right? Just to be, you know, not just to not have, you know, it, it, there's so many things. I know there are certain measures of sin that cannot ha- happen in you anymore. But we want to reverse the curse and on top of reversing the curse, not sin in the way that the angels who fell sinned. Amen. As you were talking, I saw a vision of the mercy seat of Jesus um, sitting on the mercy seat over the ten heavens and over the ten worlds. And in underneath him was the Ark of the Covenant, the Old Covenant Ark, and it had all creation in it. And he said, this is the days of Noah, where everything under his mercy seat would come into that Ark. You can just see his throne right now as it's written, the Lord is enthroned over the flood waters. Okay, so we see Revelation 22, the Lamb of God over the heavens and then over the earth. I saw a throne with a lamb standing on it and proceeding from the throne was a river of life, crystal clear and sparkling. It is written. So now look at that mercy seat. That's the throne of Messiah, King of every rung of glory. And it comes down 10 worlds to where the the flesh is, which is Malkut of Isaiah in the lowest world. And so this is often known in Scripture as the Valley of the Shadow of Death or Gehenna, or it's the, the lowest world. So we have a lot of rising to do, but we're connected to Jesus Christ through His Word, His Spirit, and His blood. It is written in 1 John chapter 5. Now we're learning how to stay connected, which is the new covenant, the new connection to Jesus Christ in order to rise from the dead. The resurrection is normal salvation. Anyone born again is resurrected of spirit, as it's written, translated out of darkness into glory light. <laughs> so you're translated out of hell into a measure of heaven when you're born again. Now we continue to rise in that light and shine in varying degrees of glory. That's 1 Corinthians 15. As the stars differ in varying degrees of Shekinah glory, and there is the glory of the celestial and the glory of the terrestrial. There is the glory of the plant, the mineral, the animal, and the human being, it is written. And there's the glory of the stars. And each star differs in glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is written. Now, as we go from glory to glory on the stars, see, notice how he says, first you have to go from the glory to glory in the terrestrial, faithful below. 
rejecting false wisdom, rejecting doctrines of demons, doctrines of men, rejecting false prophets, rejecting all of the the humanism, the secularism, the atheism, the unbelief, the doubt, rejecting the devil. Oh yeah, and rejecting the cultural Christian false love that's ever prevalent in uh, churches and society in lar- at large. That's the biggest temptation. Time. That's yep. truly the Antichrist is the false love. For as it's written, the Antichrist comes in the guise of Christ, which means the fallen angels in their highest level of deceit will appear to be perfect charismatic Christians. Okay, it's not to be afraid of being deceived. It's just understanding reality. Okay, you're not born into a patty cake club. You're born into an army. This is Joel's army. You're marching with the armies of the living God from birth. As it's written, these ones were born in Zion. Now we need to grow up as mighty warriors. Apostle Paul's telling his young apostle son, Timothy, in Timothy, be a good soldier of the faith, Timothy. There's a soldierhood. What does he say in Ephesians chapter 6? Put on the full armor of God, the armor of a heavy laden soldier, the armor of the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the, the feet fitted with the gospel. And we're taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. And over all of it, he says, put up the shield of faith, which has the power to extinguish the words of the enemy. So what do you need to put up when you're, you're young in the Lord and you haven't overcome the human beings in your life, which is 99.99% of all Christians in the world right now that are still in Malkut and is still in Asaya, still in the lowest worlds? You have to have faith. You need a shield in order for those words to not go into your souls and influence you to forfeit your destinies. The reason why the devil is constantly attacking young Christians, because if you agree with any of those words, you forfeit your eternal destiny. A forfeit of eternal destiny in the parable of the sower sowing seed is agreement with the words of the evil one. And they often come through friends and family members, ask Job in the book of Job. His wife said, curse God and die. No, I'm not going to listen to you. That's the voice of Satan. Come on now. Peter was channeling the clippeth at times, right? Jesus Christ just told him, this is the rock on which I'll build my church. Your name shall be called Peter, Petra. But you were uh, Peter, but now you're you're Simon, but now you're going to be called Peter, it is written. Then, just a couple of paragraphs later, he tells Peter, you have not the things of God in mind above, but man below. You got into below wisdom. And what did Jesus Christ say below wisdom is? Get behind me, Satan. That's what he said to Peter. Why? Because he was dealing with the below wisdom. That's what true love deals with. When you are around the Zadik and the Zedekim, you're dealing with above wisdom constantly. And it will always correct, chastise, rebuke all below wisdom because all below wisdom is hell. All of it. There's no wisdom below that's a part of Jesus Christ's kingdom. All of it needs to be obliterated out of your minds, your hearts, and your ideas, your belief systems. That's what blinds us. Blind leading the blind is having below earthly philosophy, below earthly Christianity. And then it's just like, well, the Spirit might be poured out. We just pray for rain. No, God says, go up into the clouds. Revelation 14, 14, I saw one like a son of man seated on the clouds. What does he say? Come up here, Revelation 4, 1. He's not coming down to earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Revelation 12, verse 12. 
Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for all the fallen angels have been thrown down to you. So you will be completely obliterated, but blessed. What does it say? There's salvation. Blessed and exceedingly joyful, it is written. Exceedingly joyful are you who live in the heavens. So the standard 2,000 years ago, according to the revelation of Jesus Christ, book 66 of the Bible, was to live in the heavens, be exceedingly joyful, and exceedingly blessed. And we were never to have below Christianity at all. But for the most part, that's what we've developed over the years. That's why every revival has failed. That's why every person has died. That's why Christians still have all the same problems as non-Christians right? For the most part, that's absolutely true. What's the benefit? Well, you have fire insurance. Your spirit's saved. That's the benefit. And that's a huge benefit. Hold on to your fire insurance card. You're going to need that. But let's develop that salvation through the heart, through the soul, through the bones, and go into the higher worlds of the stars that differ in glory, into higher elevations of salvation that previous generations of Christianity knew nothing about. That's why this generation is called the Enoch generation, because in Enoch's generation, he dealt with gross unrighteousness, just like we are, all kinds of religiosity, all everyone's self-righteous know-it-alls. They all went to Bible college. They all got their, their, their doctorate of divinity on the wall, or I've been studying the Bible for 40 years before you're even born, boy. And it's right, just, but like not one rung of circumcision, not one yeah, foreskin in the back. All haughtiness. It's like all haughtiness. Scholarship plus humility with the evidence of the signs and wonders of the angels. Guys, I was reading Enoch today. You need to hear this about Enoch. I have never, uh, since I was introduced to Enoch in 2012, I've never seen Enoch not release a breaker anointing towards any magic spell, any kind of sin, or any kind of... Uh, thing that you're doing with your mind, haziness, uh, any kind of problems of the soul, darkness, warfare. Every single time, hundreds and hundreds of times, when I've read Enoch, just put it on the screen, sort of read on, it shifts the atmosphere. It broke through. When I put it on today, because we're wrestling some wild stuff down here, pioneered in Florida, it is wild in the heavens. There is stuff we're dealing with here that we've never dealt with before. It's the next level. It's a higher level. It's pretty wild. And I went like, what do I do? And the Lord's like, put on Enoch. I put on Enoch. It was the biggest angelic flash of diamond right next to the TV when I put it on. Another angel around the other side of the TV. I'm like, oh, I'm right here in the will of God. That diamond flash of that angel. And I asked what it was. I believe it was Metatron. When I put on Enoch, I believe Enoch visited me in my room. It really felt like him. And I just opened my eyes and I'm like a little nervous. And I just let it go into my eyes and deal with the stuff in the soul of the constant attack of, of the below world and of Esau, the magic arts and all the different spells that are out here and, and the sorcery of Babylon the Great. It is so crazy what we're dealing with in these times. Enoch shifted all of it. Two gigantic angel flashes around the screen. One of them was probably the brightest one I'd ever seen. Guys, my eyes were wide open like they are now looking at you. Wide open. And when I saw that angel flash, flash, it was like a diamond went right into my eyes. Dealing with the warfare, shifting everything. If you are struggling, you need to go to Enoch or the scriptures. It will shift 
the atmosphere and read the word until the thing is obliterated. The word of God sanctifies us, it is written. Sanctification means the removal of the words of the evil one. All of the magic spells of the evil one's words. Now listen, when the enemy comes and sows seeds into your life in the parable of the sower sowing seed, those seeds are the magic arts. Clearly written in scripture, that's what magic is. It's, it's sorcery. It's witchcraft 100% of the time. When the enemy comes, and he will always come, any place where God's word is sown, scripture says the enemy's word will also come because he wants to consume the things of God. Don't think it's just when you get into God, oh, now the enemy's gone. No, the enemy will come because you're getting into God. That's how it works. It cannot be avoided. Laban augured before Yadavave. Numbers 23, 23. And no divination or augury can work against Jacob Israel. It is written, which means the greater you are in God, the more of the magic arts you'll constantly face because they're trying to steal the birthright. They're trying to steal the light, the Shekinah, the word, the promises, everything from God. That's what a fallen angel is. Jesus Christ said a thief comes only to steal. He said it twice. Thief comes to steal. You'd think when he said thief, that'd be enough. Nope. He reiterated it a second time, which means it's the primary nature of all fallen angels and demons and all of their people in the world. They'll come to steal. Therefore, we must be ready to have all that armor on so that nothing gets stolen. How do they steal? Through words, through light, through fire, through water, and through air, through four elements. They try to steal through the air, through the nostrils, through the breath, through the ruach. They try to steal through light. Beware the Satan is an angel of light that comes to deceive. Beware that the light in you is not actually darkness. So understand the enemy comes to corrupt the elements of air, fire, water, and light. Our job as the Zadakim and the Zadik is to keep the elements crystal clear and sparkling so all the enemy gets is the lake of fire and we can get all the nations inside of that ark I just saw a vision of under the mercy seat. That's right. Uh, strife is the evidence of false light. So if you want to add that into your notes, how do I know if I'm dealing with a, a membrane or a foreskin of a sapphire stone? The membrane is usually going to be a little bit more obvious. It's easier to have a little humility from the repentance of it. The membrane, however, is a two-part circumcision. Foreskin and membrane. The membrane, the second part after the foreskin is removed. The membrane, uh, it comes with knowledge and light. Uh, so you'll feel knowledge and light and you'll have revelation, but it comes with strife. So the anywhere there's still strife in a sapphire stone is evidence that the membrane has not been removed completely. So that is extremely helpful. You will need that wisdom up 10 worlds. So if you don't have that in your notes already, I highly recommend that you put that in there because this is what's going to come in handy because you must become aware. There's a, there's a level of self-awareness you have to have going up the sapphire stones. Why do I say that? Because you're already dealing with the initial shock if you're new to righteousness. There's kind of an initial shock if you're not used to it, if you haven't already been going glory to glory in the glory stream or if this is all new to you. You may already be shocked by how your friends and family started treating you, by how churches reject you. Uh, you know, you may be already initially shocked by how others are acting toward you. 
So you already have a lot of input coming from sources that were once felt, you know, they felt gentle or soft or there was sweetness. And now it's just like, you know, it's not, it's not fun in that that way when you go through those trials. So why you need to have some of that self-awareness just to be open uh, hearted towards the word of God and keep a clear head. You have to have a clear mind because it's easy to lose sight of what's actually happening in the invisible realities. When you're going through the drama or you're going through the trial and the warfare and the smoke and the billows and the, and the blood and billows of smoke, you want to be able to perceive, right? The bi- biblical New Testament maturity cites, and I believe it's in the book of Timothy, that spiritual maturity is your ability to perceive invisible matters, right? So you want to grow and pray and ask for the ability and the maturity spiritually to perceive what's actually going on in the invisible realm. Now, as Zadik, I would say probably up to 80% of invisible matters I don't talk about, we don't really say everything that's going on with individuals. And I'll share this wisdom with you because some of you are going to go up high and you're not going to know right away when it's appropriate to share those things, when it's not appropriate to share those things. This is the judgment. It's based on compassion and love for others. Judgment can only come through compassion if it's from God, right? So what is that judgment? When you want to mention something or not mention something, when it's revealed to you, when you can see what's per- what's happening in the invisible realm, you've been given grace to perceive that. It's not always wisdom to speak everything that you see, especially when it comes to correcting others, right? Or you're dealing with the foreskin and the membrane in others. Is it something that God's dealing with in the individual's life? They may only be able to receive a little bit of correction, it might be overwhelming for the individual to sit. To, let's say someone has a little repentance. God is rejoicing in that little repentance. That's why we say take it to Torah because mm. most of everything in there needs mm. to be washed and changed. Yep. <laughs> and, and so with the little repentance, the person's invisible man may actually smell like their diaper needs changed, right? And so that fact may be too overwhelming and overbearing and they just might give up because they're so overwhelmed at how much sin they're actually in. Even their repentance is basically sin. And even though it's better than it was before, you repent for how you repented the next time. So That'd be a good one. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your inner man's diaper needs to be changed. <laughs> and so, oh, you know, you. as your spiritual senses, right, when, you're a tiny, when your spirit is a tiny dot of light and you've never grown your spirit one day in your Christian life, even if you've been a Christian for 20 years... You don't have a sense of smell, right? You don't have hardly anything going on in there other than just like an amoeba. Like you're like a, basically still an embryo, which is fine. At least you'll be saved. But you basically have to start over when you die and go to heaven. In you don't know how anything works. organism glory. You know, then you go through Word University. People die and go to heaven and they have to take classes on the word of God because they literally, all of their training in the Bible was mostly worthless other than the basic you know, story of Jesus came to earth and he was a baby, virgin birth, da da, he died, it, you know, rose again. And that's all they know. And so they literally have to start from scratch in their eternal realms in heaven and they don't know anything. And they have such little rewards. It's still a great reward to be in heaven, to be saved. It's amazing. We don't despise that. We celebrate that. 
But what we want you to remember is why you came to Earth in the first place. What, what are you even doing here? <laughs> what is your purpose? You don't want to just barely grow your spirit to where you're just a little dime-sized, quarter-sized spirit. Die and go to heaven. And you didn't. You have to learn now in heaven what you were supposed to learn on the earth. It's like remedial class of eternity. Speaking kindly, that's what it is. Your spirit man could be so heavy it would take just myriads of angels to carry your spirit up to heaven. Not just two resurrection angels to go through the wormhole of the path of lightnings because your spirit's so light. You're just two very low-ranking angels carry. Just we flick you like a paper football. Think about it. Your spirit <laughs> man can have so much Elohim kavad, the weight of his glory in it, that it takes myriads to carry your spirit. How heavy do you want your spirit saturated with God's glory? That's how much of the word we can have written on our hearts. The amount of scripture you have written on your spirit will be the weight of your spirit, the stature of your spirit full spiritual stature, the same outrain brilliance of God the Father, the weight that created all the heavens and the earth with a whisper? I mean, what do you want to become in God? What is your desire in God? How great do you want to become in God? Are you willing to pay the price? This is not Sunday school. This is Joel's army. This is eternal life. And it must be taken seriously. Jesus Christ called it kings considering the cost of going to war. Okay, that's not just a parable fantasy thing when you get on your Nintendo or your PlayStation. It's not just a YouTube thing. It was literally Jesus equating the walk of following him to a king counting the price of paying for a full-blown war. That's the cost of becoming a cosmic disciple of Jesus for real. Right. So your first uh, cost is usually going to be mineral level obedience on Malkut, which is just a simple tithe and offering. Can you give 10%? For some people, they struggle to even do one first act of obedience, right? That one that act turn of obedience. Off the video right away at the end to not hear the offering like, part. Uh, no, you no want to listen to tonight's offering. I wrote something really special, a whole poem for you guys. So make sure you listen to that. Amen. And so oftentimes the next cost is going to be fan, uh, friends and family members or people who once were kind to you, supported you, and you grew together or you studied the Bible together. They will start to come to you. We have concerns. I don't know about this. I think you're doing this. You know, negative reports from people that you respect and you look up to. Right, they start to change. They start to act differently toward you. Uh, then you know when you start to get close to the door of Enoch. Again, it's standard demonic kingdom procedure. Some of the things I experienced were, and this is usually the same for you guys. When you start to get close to Enoch's door, you start to find where it is. All of a sudden, uh, Christians in your life will come out of the woodwork. Friends, Christians, anyone, and they'll start to slight negative words toward you about your spirituality, the way you do things, right? So you'll notice if you start getting into the word a lot, they'll start speaking negative toward you and even being angry at you for being in the word so much. It's shocking. I mean, we're talking like, it'll be great uh, that what, what was considered under the sun, great Christians will start being angry with you for how much Bible you're reading. It's astonishing. It's like, is this really a thing? 
Yeah, light came into the world. They didn't like it, though, because it exposed their works were evil. Listen, we need zeal for the Father's house to consume us, where we'd think it's weird if a person's not talking about the things of heaven all the time. Uh, another symptom of that is they will start to sometimes correct the way you pray, right? Instead of just amen, they start correcting your prayer. Like, I, this is so common, especially like in like glory stream Christianity. I, I have never, my whole Christian life until the glory stream was like, like, like I'm talking to the Lord right now. Can you imagine, imagine Jesus physically manifest here and I'm pouring my heart out to him and I'm speaking and then the person just butts in and starts correcting how you're talking to Jesus. It's just kind of like the arrogance. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, the glory stream is filled with goats yeah. and sheep, but it's the pinnacle of Christianity thus far in 2000 years of Christianity. Right. It's the if you don't have glory stream drunk and glory foundations, you're basically going from the Southern Baptist right into Enoch here in Red Letter Ministries. Which might be an easier way. So I pray that's easy for you. But so this are some of the, so again, this is a ca- counting the cost going to war is dealing with people in your life that you're expecting should be supporting you, helping you, friends with you, you know, or who have been kind to you until you get into righteousness. You can expect, again, we have concerns. We're concerned for you. Are you in a cult? You shouldn't be giving money. Shouldn't you be giving money to the poor somewhere? Like we do support the poor in Africa. We have an amazing program there. And it's actually hand-selected by the Holy Ghost himself. So if you have an argument with that, you have to take that up with God. That He literally chose it. So there's that. We Another do a thing, lot of mitzvahs. Yeah, exactly. Another one of the symptoms that you're, you know, as you're going close into righteousness, you're walk, walking in it, is, again, count the cost. People may start correcting your prayers, getting angry at you for being in the Word of God so much. I mean, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but it happens. Or you know, questioning the way you pray, why you pray, anything to do with your prayer and your Bible study, negative comments, questioning, attacking in low-key, subtle ways so that if you ask them, like, why are you doing this to me right now? They would just deflect and pretend like there was no demonic activity there. But you know, and the Lord knows, and the holy angels, everyone around in the invisible realm knows, right? The demons watching and trying to write it down. <laughs> they know. But the person manifesting doesn't know. It's And strife. so when you, when you encounter that, it's usually best not to address it because, I'm going to say this, when you speak truth that someone is not ready to hear yet in that way, their reaction is likely to sin against you more and then the demons who are writing down their sins have a lot more material. So what's more compassionate is oftentimes just to close your mouth, allow your blood to boil, allow the person to manifest in sin. The demon's going to write it down. The angels are going to be like, oh, God, no, why? And then what you do is forgive the sin. And don't you don't always have to speak that correction because usually the more severe uh, judgment is not speaking right? When God gives a very severe judgment to someone in this world, the one of the most severe judgments that can come upon a person is him not correcting them in this life, but waiting for them to be corrected in the world that is to come. That's a much more severe correction, right? So we want to get corrected as much as possible in this life. Yeah, the correction is called weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So, and for those who are righteous, uh, who don't get corrected on those little things in this life, the correction in the world to come is your canopy as, as a higher righteousness will uh, singe them. That's in the oral tradition of Moses. Your canopy of righteousness can burn so bright that it actually becomes an embarrassment to, to people who knew you, who could not receive correction in those little things or who manifested and never repented in the world to come. It's an embarrassment, right? So, but it becomes glory. You're like, what do you mean in the world to come? There's no embarrassment. Everything's perfect. We're just flapping our wings around. No, you don't know anything about the world to come. You're totally delusional. You don't know how things work. Probably haven't talked to the cloud of witnesses much or visited heaven, but don't take, don't just take my word for it. You can go up and see these things. You yeah. can hear these things. And I want to encourage you, those who are the Zadokim rising on sapphire stones, take that word to heart. Some of you have a decision in the coming weeks, how much or how little embarrassment you're going to have before the other righteous ones in the perfection of the world that is to come when Jesus Christ hands the kingdom over to the Father. Mm. How faithful were you? It's going to come down to those little things of strife and how you reacted Attitude. to the person and then to the people who pioneered this for others. And so there's measurements and little degrees. Uh, Brother Jacques shared of a, I think it was a post, I can't remember if this was in the army, in our uh, Joel's army or in uh, Red Letter Mysteries on Facebook, but he talked about, and this really struck me, he talked about, he said that when he went into these dreams and these visions and the Lord opened his eyes to see the Sephirot, he saw me standing with the Lord talking about secret councils that haven't been released yet, even colors that aren't revealed, certain military strategies that are not revealed. And he said that he he was able by the Holy Spirit to understand and comprehend and measure that if I had shared and taught here at Joel's Bar all of the inner refinement of how I treat others with those those decisions I make internally with the Lord that I've so never good. spoken or released, that he would not even be able to be alive and standing even on Yassad of Isaiah, that that judgment would literally kill him. And so the, the fear and the awe and the trembling, so you understand, Zadokim, when you rise, you must judge others with love. Because if we release the fullness of the ninth world and not just the sapphire stones but those inner workings of those little details that will determine how much or little embarrassment you receive of the scorching of the canopies of others righteousness and the world that is to come if you spoke all of those things from these worlds it could kill others and it's god's desire that none should perish but all should be saved but understand if you can close your mouth let your blood boil and judge others righteously and forgive sins and always make an effort to never speak out of uncircumcision whether foreskin or memory because it will cost you in the world to come and that's the most important realm is what's to come because eternity is a long time and you can just think to yourself oh, i'm not trying to get embarrassed by you know all these little things it's just a momentary yeah. it's just a momentary blood boiling feeling of the human nature dying Think long-term investment of wisdom and righteousness. And that brings us to, let's check out this picture here. I'll leave you with this little mystery. Why does the book of Enoch do what only the book of Enoch does when you read it? 
Well, the Word of God, the Bible, the written Bible, the Torah, Old Testament and New Testament Torah, is the sun. It represents Tiferet. So if some of you feel like you're in confusion or you feel like your brain is rotting from whatever thoughts you have, get the written Word of God in there. Eyes and ears, that's the sun. If you are perishing for lack of understanding and you're not entirely sure what's going on in the invisible dimension and you feel any confusion or lack of vision, perishing for lack of knowledge, anything in that realm, you are missing the illumination of the light of the moon that reflects the sun. That's the oral tradition. The moon represents the oral tradition. So if you are under, uh, if you are below the level of Hesed of Isaiah, well, if that's you, the oral tradition for you will be that which we teach here at Joel's Bar, the oral tradition of the apostolic. So the oral tradition of the apostles of the Lamb of the Old and New Torah. That is going to give you vision, clarity, and peace to pair together with the Torah, the Bible that you're reading to your eyes and ears. That's the sun and the moon. Now, why is it when you turn on the book of Enoch and you feel that unique substance and it feels different, it does something a little different than oral tradition and the Torah. The book of Enoch represents that blue substance of Shekinah that connects all the Sephirot. So when you're engaging in the book of Enoch, you're engaging in the flow of the river of Shekinah. And what that does is when you have your 30 minutes of the word in, you have your oral tradition that you studied for the day. And for those of you who are, again, if you're not at Hased of Isaiah or above, you're going to be getting that here at Joel's Bar. If you're over Hased of Isaiah, you're in at least Bina of Isaiah, you get fully circumcised on Hased or in Bina, you're going to be studying oral tradition, the wisdom of Moses, and then we'll help you get connected with the resources that you need as you ascend with evidence of circumcision. And then the book of Enoch, that is that electrical current, that circuit that will cause the Shekinah to go between the sun and the moon and glorify their faithful orbit because the first mention of Enoch in the Bible or the first mention of faithful in the Bible is Enoch. So it's about that faithful orbit of the sun and the moon. And what do we know about the revolution of the luminaries? It produces lightning. And that is the source of the generation of Shekinah. So that it's not a dead sapphire stone letter of uncircumcision with foreskin and membrane. The dust and the dirt of the earth. Of the earthen vessel. But the living river of fire from the crown from the keter of the father and the greater substance that produces the lightning that sanctifies the eyes is the writings of the apostles in this kingdom age that encompasses the oral tradition of the old testament with interpretation and the oral tradition of the new testament spoken and written inscribed and scribed on sapphire stones in Jesus name Amen 
Amen. Bless you guys. Been a wonderful week here, RLM TV Florida. Uh, I wrote this uh, speech for you now, and I hope you take it to heart. And if we're really doing the work down here, pioneering righteousness and desire to buy a permanent broadcasting facility to bring this message to the nations in a major way. So hear what I have to say, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Amen. Have a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today, we embark on a journey of purpose and passion, a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.